The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode number 146 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So happy you could join us today. We are going to be talking nothing but Celtics today, and I think that is deservingly deserved for the Boston Celtics, the green and white. And it is absolutely a special time here in the New England area if you're a Celtics fan because the team is currently up two games to one on the Golden State Warriors in their best of seven NBA Finals series. Wow, wow, wow. Honestly, guys, as you know from last episode, number 145, I initially picked this, uh, the Warriors in five to win. I just thought they were the better team all around, all things considered. It's, it's just not the case anymore. And just to quickly, quickly recap, that was my take going into the series uh, before Friday's episode. Then I reacted to uh, the Celtics' victory in Game 1. And now we have a 2-1 series after the Warriors won Game 2 in Golden State, or I should say in San Francisco. And the Celtics won Game 3 in Boston on Wednesday with Game 4 of the NBA Finals tonight. Yes, sir, indeed. Tonight. Tip off around 9 p.m. That's, ugh, my God. I, I mean, I get it. West Coast team and the Warriors, you know, fans get home 6 o'clock. Okay, I get it. It makes way more logical sense than having the Heat and the Celtics tip off at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, too, but whatever. I digress. That story is for another playoff round, if you know what I mean, because we're on to bigger and better things here. Yes, the Celtics. What a um, what a crazy sto- story they are right now. What a crazy ride right now that they're on. It's good to be a Celtics fan right now. It feels really, really good to be a Celtics fan right now. Uh, game three was a little scary at first. Uh, Celtics were up for a bit. They were up big. I think the most was 18 at one point. Warriors go on their historic third quarter run. They closed the gap. They took the lead, but then the Celtics were able to finish, I think, that quarter up by two or three or something like that. And then they went on a 23-11 run in the fourth quarter to end up winning game three, 116-100 again over the Golden State Warriors. A couple notables from both sides. We'll start with the Celtics. Tatum, 26 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds in 41 minutes. Jalen Brown, 27 points, 5 assists, and 9 rebounds in 40 minutes. Marcus Smart, 24 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds in 39 minutes. I believe they're the first trio in NBA Finals history since like 82, 84, I forget when that statistic was, uh, to put up at least 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Since the Lakers with Magic Johnson, I forget the other two guys on that team, but first time in over... 
for damn near 30, actually over 30 years, damn near 40 years now, to put up a stat line like that. So very historic company, very well-deserved for those three. A um, couple other notables, Al Horford, 11 points, 6 assists, 8 rebounds. Derek, uh, no, sorry, Grant Williams, excuse me, 10 points, 5 rebounds. And that's really it for the uh, the big names. Uh, Rob Williams, 8 points, 10 rebounds. He had 4 blocks, I believe, in that game. Warriors, uh, Clay Thompson, 25, 3, and 3. Curry, 31, 2, and 4. Jordan Poole, 10, 3, and 3. So there's a big discrepancy between the Celtics and the Warriors. Oh, and Andrew Wiggins, excuse me, 18.7 rebounds, 2 assists in 40 minutes. But there's still a big discrepancy between the Celtics and the Warriors, as the Celtics are getting more from more players, whereas the Warriors are getting less from more players. Like, yes, Klay Thompson is going, is dropping 31 points, yeah, 37 points in Game 2 or whatever it is. Klay Thompson finally erupted um, again in Game 3, 25 points. Wiggins, 18 points, that's nice. Was it noticeable, though? Did you really notice that Andrew Wiggins at 18 points? Could I have told you he had 10 points and you would have believed me? Probably. Would you have, uh, if I said that he had 20 points, would you have believed me? Probably not. Nothing against Andrew Wiggins here. I mean, he's a great player. He's a perfect player for what the Warriors need. Um, being a three guy and not like a one or a two in Minnesota like he was. So, I mean, 18 points from Wiggins, again, not noticeable. Jordan Poole, his 10 points were more, more noticeable just because the way he plays, how, I don't want to say emphatic he is, but he's so dramatic. And he's, I don't want to say dirty because he's not dirty, but he's, you know, he's hard-nosed, yes, but you kind of notice his presence a little bit more. He's a little bit more wild, careless, again, dramatic. Celtics, 26 points from Tatum, 27 from Brown, 24 from Smart. Al Horford's 11, Grant Williams 10. Like, those were some noticeable points, in my opinion. Those 11 points from Horford, 10 points from Grant Williams, obviously the 24 from Marcus Smart, all noticeable stat lines and all noticeable plays that they made, all noticeable defensive plays, obviously, whether it was assisting, rebounding, playing defense like I mentioned, or simply just hitting a corner three to ignite a run, start a run, stop a run from the Warriors, whatever it may have been. I feel like their plays and their points were way more noticeable than the, whatever the Warriors were giving you. Now, does that mean the Warriors are in a little bit of desperation mode because you're getting everything from Curry? Thompson has kind of turned it around, and you're not getting anything from your other reserves, your depth, your role players, or your other starters for that instance. Besides, again, a little bit from Wiggins as well. But I think the bigger storyline, rather than the Warriors scoring or lack of scoring, is... What's going on the court between Draymond Green, Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, Jordan Poole, and all of those guys, even Klay Thompson. I mean, okay, so here we go. We are six, almost seven minutes in, and we're about to really dive deep into this topic here, and that's the whole F.U. Draymond chance that the Boston Garden is roaring and Clay Thompson calling the city of Boston classy, sarcastically, of course. Draymond Green's wife coming out and saying something. Listen, it's basketball. It's sports. Every sports venue in the playoffs, in the NBA Finals, uh, in the World Series, 
in the Stanley Cup. Super Bowl is a neutral site, so not so much for that. Is going to get very intense. It's going to get very rowdy, chaotic. And there's slurs and swears all the time being said, whether they're, you know, warranted or not. You know, I'm talking about the swears being warranted, you know, F you Draymond, obviously. We can call that, you know, warranted. But, you know, any kind of offensive slurs is clearly not. So let me just clear the air on that. But it, it's it's a fact. Wherever you go, there are slurs and there are swear words that just get announced from the nosebleeds that just never get hear, uh, heard. But it's the ones that do get heard. And, you know, coming from players or fans, I'm sorry, from fans to players, one row behind the bench, two rows behind the bench, a section away where they can still hear it, where there's swear, uh, swear words and slur words just being shouted out. Again, whether it's warranted or not for the swears being warranted and for the slurs, obviously and always will be unwarranted. It's it's sports, though. So when I talk about F.U. Draymond, it's sports. Deal with it. You sign a contract to play basketball. You don't sign a contract to to limit what the fans say. Obviously, in terms of slurring, there obviously needs to be restrictions, not just limitations, restrictions on what slurs can be said. In terms of swear words, like, come on. You're really going to get all boo-hoo upset over some swear words? Come, You're an adult, dude. Most of the fans in there are adults. Yes, there may be some kids, and Clay Thompson, you know, called out, you know, oh, stay in front of kids too, stay classy, Boston. Listen, listen, Boston is not like any other sports market. We all know that, whether we're Boston fans or not. We know that. What if you were playing like the Knicks or something, and the Knicks were in the finals, or even the Nets also being in New York, and you get F.U. Draymond chance from the Knicks or the Nets fan base. Let's just call it New York fan base. Are you still going to pout, shout, and cry? Ooh, stay classy, New York. It's New York. L.A., New York, Chicago, Boston, Miami, all have intense fan bases, dedicated fan bases. And home court is a real thing in the NBA. Now, the Celtics have somewhat defied that logic by winning eight, game, eight games on the road excuse me, in their playoff run to the finals here so far. Whereas, you know, the beginning of the playoffs, I said, oh, yeah, usually home court, you know, kind of wins. That's not the case this playoff run, at least not for the Celtics. Could be for other teams. I don't know. But come on, are we really going to call out Boston? You know, if New York was doing it, if L.A. was doing it, Miami and Chicago, if they were all doing it, are we going to be like, stay classy, Miami, stay classy, Chicago? Come on. Come on. It's basketball. It's the NBA Finals. You're going to hear that, you know, no matter where you go in sports. No matter where you go in sports. But the thing that separates Boston from the other cities that I've previously mentioned is the fact that the Boston Celtics have a rich history of winning they have a strong passionate fan base possibly unrivaled compared to other fan bases the area of new england boston 
I've talked about this time and time again with the Bruins and the, the Patriots and, of course, the Red Sox, too, is we expect to win. We expect championships, and anything else is a failure. Anything else is a colossal failure. And when you're in the Eastern Conference Finals and you lose, cool, it's nice to get there, especially with a young core. We'll be back next year, sure. It's hard. It's hard. And the fact that the Celtics, I guess during the game at the time, were three games away. Now they're obviously two, and I think that crowd tonight is going to be even way worse with all the, the interviews and the press conferences that have come out between Game 3 and game, uh, tonight, Game 4. But the city of Boston and the fans goes back all the way into the 50s and with Bill Russell, with Kuzi, Havlicek, just winning, winning. Casey Jones, Sam Jones, just winning, winning, winning. You know, are we really going to say, stay classy, Boston? Everywhere you go, they're saying, F you, Draymond. Draymond is notorious for being a dirty player, for being very scrappy, for being hard-nosed, being way too aggressive and obnoxious. Would you say the same things about Marcus Smart? Yes. I'm not trying to say Smart is not. I'm just going to say it how I see it. And it just, come on, dude. Like in the 80s, people were clotheslining each other, pushing each other, punching each other, shoving each other. Where was the class then? There was no class. It was, I'm better than you, and I'm going to show you I'm better than you. And I'm going to win and beat your ass. That's just how the game was in the 80s. Obviously, there's some things you can and can't do nowadays. The fines are a lot bigger. Like Draymond Green said, you know, you get fined a million dollars for doing something. And that's very true. That's very true. There are limitations to what you can and can't do. And I strongly believe that the fans chanting F.U. Draymond isn't a thing that the Celtics fans shouldn't do. You go to... Any game in the NBA, you go to any game in the NHL, any game in Major League Baseball, in any game in the NFL, and you could probably find, um, you know, F you Rogers, you know, for Aaron Rodgers, or F you Jeter, A Rod when they were playing, you know, F you Montreal when the Bruins and the Canadians were, you know, intense, severe rivals over the past decade plus. Obviously, you know, that rivalry dating back. Way more than just one decade, but just recent memory, right? The social media era of things. Where was the crybabies then? Where was the class then? It's just... So, so if we go back to... Well, when we go back to Golden State and San Francisco for Game 5, regardless if the Celtics are up 3-1 to or if the Warriors have tied the series 2-2, to and we hear one FU chant to Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, whoever it may be, or FU Celtics, FU Boston. And we go back to Golden State and we hear that. How hypocritical will you be against your own fan base? Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. How hypocritical are we going to be? When the Golden State Warriors fan base in Chase Arena or Chase Center, whatever the hell it's called, starts dropping F-bombs and racial slurs or whatever it may be to the Celtics players, Klay Thompson better, Draymond Green better 
have the same energy about staying classy Boston towards their own fan base when it's time to go back to game five. And we hear that chanting and roaring from the crowds in San Francisco. Because if not Clay Thompson and if not Draymond Green, you guys are hypocrites. And you guys clearly were just butthurt about it. And you don't really care for it. About the FU Draymond chance. And if you can't handle it, you can't handle it. Like, I'm not trying to discredit Clay Thompson's career. I'm not trying to discredit Draymond Green's career. I'm not trying to do that at all. And I'm not trying to discredit them as actual players. They're both very, very, very good players in their own rights. Completely different players doing different things at an elite, exceptional level. There's no discredition from me from that perspective. But if you're going to whine and complain about the Boston fans in the Garden, in the NBA Finals, and you get that same energy, that same vibe from the your own Warriors fan base, you know, F you Marcus Smart, F you Jalen uh, Brown, F you Jason Tatum, F you Grant Williams, whoever, your Game Four press, uh, Game Five press conference, win or lose better be come on guys warrior fans we're better than that we're a classy organization we're a classy fan base let's stay classy come on there's no need for that in this game there's kids in the crowd come on because if not you're gonna get a lot of hate and a lot of smack a ton of it absolutely a ton of it and it's gonna be deserved and speaking of deserved Tonight at the Garden, whenever Klay Thompson touches the ball, whenever Draymond Green touches the ball, you're just going to get an abundance of boos, abundance of roars, and probably abundance of F.U. Clay, F.U. Draymond, whatever it is. Because at least with Kyrie Irving, right, in game one, maybe game two, I forget, whatever, game the first series, right, Kyrie Irving, was getting F.U. Kyrie, F.U. Kyrie. And he was flipping the fans off. <laughs> he was flipping the fans off back. But you know what he proceeded to do? This is game one, by the way. I just figured it out. But you know what Kyrie proceeded to do? He dropped 40 points. Yeah, he was, you know, uh, engaging with the fans and fueling the fire and fueled the fire for game two as well here in, in game one of that series. But he flipped you off and said, take 40 down your neck. Albeit the the Brooklyn Nets lost on a buzzer-beating Jason Tatum layup, of all things, on an inbound pass. But that's how close they were to winning that game one and shoving the FU Kyrie chance down the Celtics' own very throat. Is that Kyrie flipped them off back and dropped 40 points. You want to know uh, Draymond Green's stat line in 35 minutes? Four rebounds, three assists, and two points. And those two points coming off an easy dunk. Like, Kyrie and Draymond Green are completely different worldly players. But at least Kyrie Irving took it on the chin and took it personally and didn't cry. He's He's cried about the whole racial thing. And, you know, that's a completely different topic. You know, I'm not talking, you know, anything racial here. 
But for the most part, he took it off the chin. He said, okay, this is how we're going to play. Here's some birds back. And he dropped 40. Again, albeit the Nets lost, but at least he tried his damn best. Right? At least he tried his damn best to put that team in a position to win and didn't cry about it. Whereas Klay Thompson, arguably the third best shooter of all time, at least a top five shooter of all time, right? Dropped 25 points in game three. Again, albeit a loss, but he still played fairly well. Oh, this kid's in the crowd. He's screaming, nephew Draymond. Oh, stay classy, Boston. Very classy. Come on, dude. Come on. Again, keep that same energy when it comes back to go to Golden State for game five. And there's FU chance in the crowd for any Celtics player. Just keep that same energy. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. And ridicule your own fan base for not being classy, for being disrespectful, arrogant, swearing with kids in the crowd. Just my humble opinion about it. Just play ball. Let your actions speak louder than words. Let the fans look like fools, right? Because if they're screaming F you Draymond and F you Clay or whatever, and you go out and give us th- and, and give them 30 and 40 point games and win, you're going to shut the fans right up real fast. You're going to take the life right out of the building sooner than it got into the building. Let's just say, right, let's just say game three was a win for the Golden State Warriors and they won close game, right? Draymond doesn't foul out. Clay drops 30. Draymond Green drops 20 himself, let's just call it. And they win. The fans in game three would have been taken right out, especially when they're saying F you Draymond and he pulls up and splashes a three. And he throws down an emphatic dunk. All those F.U. Draymond chants are going to go away. All of the F.U. Clay Thompson chants that you're going to get tonight and F.U. Draymond Green chants you're going to get tonight will go away with good score, uh, high scoring, big plays, big leads from the Golden State Warriors. And you're going to take the fans right out of it. You will. And the Celtics fan base against the Brooklyn Nets for Kyrie in games one when Kyrie was flipping them back off and dropping 40 points himself, vacuumed right out of the the arena. Again, the Celtics ended up winning, so they had a lot of momentum and energy going into Game 2 that carried them, and Kyrie sucked because we were getting inside his head. But at least he dropped 40 points and put his team in a position to win three seconds away from an inbound pass on a buzzer-beating layup of all things. It's just different mentalities, different different mindsets about, you know, the game of basketball or just what fans can and can't do or whatever. 
humble, humble opinion of mine, of course. But I don't want to just sit here just harping around it or harping on it, I should say, for the whole episode. We're already 23 minutes in or so, whatever we are, 24 minutes in. I do want a quick water break, though. And I would strongly recommend you taking a sip of your water as well. The weather's getting warm. It's getting hot. You need to stay hydrated. A couple sips of water will really help. All right. So this is something I was listening to on the radio last night and even coming into the shop today. Is who will win? Okay. Who should win NBA Finals MVP? between Tatum and Brown. Now, there's a very strong argument for Jalen Brown through three games. Obviously, it's only three games. There's still a lot to be determined between the Celtics and the Warriors, of course. But let's just hypothetically say Celtics won uh, a best-of-three series. They won the series two games to one. Okay, let's just ha-ha-ha for a second. And... Look at what Jalen Brown's given you so far and what Jason Tatum has given you so far. Who would win NBA Finals MVP? And if the Celtics do win in a best of seven series, let's just say the play of both of them kind of carry on to games four, games five, and however many games may be after that if necessary. Who would walk away with the NBA Finals MVP? And I think it's a very strong case for both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I think it's a very interesting argument or discussion at least to be had because they both well deserve it. Tatum is obviously the face of the Celtics right now. He is their superstar right now. He is their star player. And with the game on the line, you want the ball in his hands, obviously. You can't discredit what Jalen Brown is giving you as a number two or a 1B. You know, getting double figures in the first quarter in back-to-back games, dropping 20-plus points in back-to-back games. And being a focal point on the defensive end of things, uh, in the rebounding game even. And I mean, Jalen Brown had five assists last night. Tatum had nine. Game one, he had 13. I mean, I think right now the edge, I mean, it's so tough because Jalen Brown has been a spark spark plug for you in the beginning of the first quarter or the beginning of the game through the first quarter. Uh, He really stepped it up in game one when Tatum wasn't shooting the ball anywhere as good as he can and we know him to and Jalen Brown was carrying the scoring for us so I mean Jalen Brown could win MVP final uh, finals MVP and I don't think anyone would bat an eye at it but again superstar uh, Jason Tatum face of the franchise I think kind of gets naturally defaulted to whoever that MVP all-star superstar player is for that team Uh, like you know for the Warriors you got Curry, you got Durant, you got Klay Thompson. But it was kind of defaulted to uh, Kevin Durant because he was slightly better than Klay, uh, Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. LeBron James was clearly the best player on his team all those years, and he won the NBA Finals MVP. Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard with Toronto. Uh, let's see, who else do you have recently? Why can't I think recently? Uh, I know, there really hasn't been many options. It's been the Warriors, it's been the Cavs, obviously the Heat for a bit. Um, wow, why can't I think of a team, not the Warriors or anything like that? Uh, not the Lakers. Do I really have to go all the way back to the Spurs? 
Do I really have to go all the way that far back? Oh, the Suns, uh, but they lost last year. Okay, yeah, so the Spurs in like the early 2010s, I, when they won and they lost against the Heat. Wow, that's, that's really far back. So obviously there's still a lot of series left to be played here, but just keep that in the back of your mind that if the Celtics win the NBA Finals and Jalen Brown wins the uh, Finals MVP, his card prices here in the sports card uh, hobby, which, again, some of my listeners kind of cross over between card, uh, sports card enthusiasts and listeners of Merce Boston Sports Talk. They kind of cross over a little bit. His cards will go through the roof. He's not a Jason, uh, he's not a Jason Tatum. We know that. But he's a 1B. He's a very good 2. And I think his cards will go up because he'll be labeled NBA Finals MVP. Plus helping the Celtics, one of the most historic franchises of all time, carried to an NBA Finals, the Banner 18. Now, yes, Andre Iguodala won it in uh, 2015. But again, it's Andre Iguodala. He wasn't dropping 30. He wasn't going on hot stretches for the Warriors to help them, you know, stay in the game or push them ahead. He wasn't doing any of that stuff. He basically won that for a little bit of scoring and his defense on LeBron. We know that. We absolutely know that. But now let's just say Jason Tatum wins NBA Finals MVP. What is that going to do for his sports card market? It's going to go through the roof. It's going to double. It's going to triple. Quadruple. I mean, excuse me. Being labeled a champion alone will help you significantly. Being labeled a champion and a finals MVP puts you in elite company, puts you in the upper echelon of NBA lore. Cedric Maxwell uh, came out and said something to Draymond Green, I think, who was trying to clap at Cedric Maxwell. And he said, there's only been 32 NBA Finals MVPs. And damn it, I'm one of them. And then he went on to say other things as well. I forget the exact quote. There's only been 32 NBA Finals MVPs over however long the NBA Finals has been a thing. Again, several players have won the award multiple times. Shaq, Jordan, obviously. Bill Russell, uh, Kobe, Durant recently. Did I say LeBron? I think I said LeBron. So there have been some duplicate winners. I don't think that's a bad thing. Bird, Magic. But again, there's only been 32 of them. And Cedric Maxwell is one of them. Again, that is elite company. And among the other names that I've said, you throw in Jason Tatum with that elite company as a champion in Boston, Banner 18, your value is going to go through the roof. Your value will go through the roof. And I would suspect something similar for Jalen Brown as well. Maybe not as dramatic or catastrophic, in a good way, catastrophic, for Jalen Brown. But again, it's still something. It's still something. And I think at the current moment, they're both well-deserving. Obviously, only one of them can win. I don't know who will win, but only one. And it'll be damn near interesting to see who comes out on top. But there is still so much game to be played. We still have game four. We still have game five guaranteed. Could there be a game six? Who knows? Could there be a game seven? Who knows? And this series is not far from over. I know a lot of Celtics fans, specifically the ones that have been coming around to the shop, have been saying Celtics in five. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we look damn good. And we were able to withstand 30 points from Curry and another dynastic third quarter run. But again, there's been some flaws in the Celtics team. They were able to play great defense. 
they were able to turn things around and go on a run of their own. It is possible for the Celtics to win in five games. I'm not going to say it's not possible. It is. But let's start with some things that I'm looking forward to to tonight's game. Three things I'm looking forward to in tonight's game. Number one, no order, of course. Limit other players from getting hot and or scoring on the Warriors. So we know, we know Steph Curry is going to drop 20, 25, 30, 35 points. We can expect Klay Thompson to give something similar, right? 20, 25, 30, 35 points. We know that. So let them get theirs. Obviously play defense, of course, but let them get theirs. And don't let Draymond Green shoot or score. Don't let Jordan Poole shoot or score or anybody else. Because their team is not as deep. Is not Their rotation is not as dense as the Celtics is. So if you can limit everybody else except Steph and or Clay, or actually probably, yeah, and or Clay, you'll be in a much better, you'll be giving up less than 100 points every night. Let's just say combined Thompson and Curry can go for 70 points. That's a lot. That's 35 per, 40 or 30, whatever it may be. But you can get 80, 90 points from Tatum, Horford, Brown, Smart, White even, who had an off night, Brent Williams, who has shown that he can drop, you know, 10, 15, 20 points. I like my percentages because I think the rest of the Celtics, compared to the rest of the, the Warriors, could win. I do. So if you're going to let Curry score, if you're going to let Thompson score, don't let anyone else score. Cease limit and restrict other players from scoring from shooting getting hot all of that and i think that's what the celtics did very well in game two i'm sorry in game three yeah wiggins got 18 but again 25 from thompson 31 from curry that's it again besides wiggins with 18 but that was it number two number two turnovers gotta stop turning the ball over again and again and again this is something that i preach on is ball control ball handling just stop turning the ball over you know against the miami heat a relatively good defensive team the turnovers there made a little bit more sense than getting double digit turnovers here against the warriors they're not that they're not the heat damn they're not even the bucks when it comes to defense don't let them clamp you don't let them force you into pressure situations and stressful situations by turning the ball over or ending it with by turning the ball over don't do that Take care of the ball, limit their extra possessions, which will limit their team points and will help you get more points because you'll have more possessions ending with a shot. Number three. Number three. Number three. Let's see. What could number three be, guys? Uh, if you have any keys to the game that you guys are looking looking at ahead of game four or going even into game five on Monday, let me know down in the comment section. Reach out to me via social media at Merv's Cartown and let me know. I'd love to listen and hear and read what you have to say and I'd love to respond. But number three, number three, number three. Oh, you know what? This is something I'm always complaining about when I'm watching the game is hit your free throws. Very Something very small and simple, but so massive. I know I was talking to a buddy of mine, and at the time the Celtics were 15 to 22 from the free throw line. I don't know what the Celtics finished out with. Let's see, can I get the stats for that? They finished 17 for 24. That's 70.8 percent. Now again, the Celtics did win up win by 16 points, 
Um, let's see if I can get a different game because I, I, there is a point to be made here. Um, let's see. Now they got blown out. A game six against the Heat, probably a good one. No, but they made ninety percent. Hmm. I'm gonna find a game. Hold on. It was game six against the Bucks. Oh, they won. Hold on. I'm gonna find a game. There, there was a game. Um, let's see. They won. Three. Okay, here we go. Now, this is game three of the Eastern Conference Finals with the Miami Heat, where the Heat won 109 to 103. The Celtics went 23 from 23 of 30 from the line. It's 76.7%. They lost by six. They missed seven free throws. Now, the Heat finished 12 of 14. I'm going to assume at least two of those, or maybe even four of those, were from fouling. Because the Celtics need the ball back to shoot a three to get three points on the board. So you take away two points from the Miami Heat. Now it's 107. You know, let's just go two points. That's 107. Celtics say they make six of those free throws that they missed. Six of seven of those that they missed. That puts them at 29 of 30. Let's just say even 28 of 30. So an additional five points. 103 plus five is 108. 109 minus the two points that I'm assuming because of the Celtics just had a foul. The Miami Heat, 109 minus 2 is 107. They win game 3. And again, um, down the stretch in game... It was game 6 against the Miami Heat. I know the Celtics finished 90.3% uh, from the line. They missed a, uh, two crucial free throws at the end there. Oh, Jalen Brown did. And those free throws, a lot of people saying if he made those, they would have won that game, and I strongly believe that. So just make your free throws, guys. That's all. They're free shots. That's it. So, number one, limit all scoring from players not named Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. Number two, uh, what was number two? Turnovers. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give the Warriors extra possessions. And number three, hit your free throws, please. They're free. Please, please, please hit them. You practice them every day in practice, before games, during warm-ups, whatever it may be. Please hit them. But again, Big game tonight between the Celtics and the Warriors. Game four of the NBA Finals is tonight at the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, where the Golden State Warriors are visiting the Boston Celtics in their best-of-seven NBA Finals game, uh, series. Here, tip-off 9 p.m. Eastern time. Again, stupid, but again, I may, it makes sense to me being the Warriors are a West Coast team. But that is going to wrap it up. I can't wait to sit. I could be sitting here next week. Actually, I don't even know when Game 7 is or would be. Okay, so Game 7 would be Sunday, June 19th. That's Father's Day. Game 4 is tonight, obviously. Game 5 is Monday. And Game 6 is on Thursday. By the time next episode, episode number 147 rolls around, I will either be sitting here talking to you as a champion or as someone who just watched and endured a colossal mistake because the Celtics are up two games to one. All they have to do is not lose the next three or four games. There's a maximum of four games left. All they have to do is not lose them, three or four of them. They they stole home court advantage by winning game one on the road, so the Celtics theoretically do not have to win on the road for the rest of the series if they don't, if they don't want to. 
Gotta win game four. So right now, all I'm focused on game four. That's my focus right now is game four. I take it one game at a time, as you guys should as well. But again, the way the layout and the schedule is, I could be talking to you next episode, number 147, as either a champion or someone who just watched, felt, endured a colossal collapse. Or then again, we could have game seven on Sunday, Father's Day, and we could be talking about that, breaking down the other three games that have come and gone. But who knows? We'll have to see what happens first, and it's all going to start with game four tonight, 9 p.m. between the Warriors and the Celtics at the TD Garden. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I really appreciate you guys clicking on this video. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please make sure you like the video, comment any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, anything like that down in the comment section below. And also, please, please, please consider hitting that giant red subscribe button as I would greatly appreciate the love and support. Just past 300 subscribers and I'm on my way to 500. I can't wait to hit that milestone. That will be something very, very special. If you're listening to this episode on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, wherever you can find your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying as I greatly appreciate all the love and support on those platforms as well. But again, that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. It is a big week ahead of us for the Boston Celtics one way or the other, and I can't wait to be a part of it. But again, that's going to wrap it up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining me, and I I can't wait for the next episode. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.